Well, good morning, Nat. Hey, Pete, what have you been up to? Oh, man, I am pumped up. I, I got to tell you, uh, Anthony Robbins, I was with uh, Anthony Robbins. You, you, you've you been to a bunch of his uh, webinars or, excuse me, his events, right? Yeah, so you, yeah you, the good old days when, yeah. when we would get together with people. Yeah, right. And so I've, I've been to a bunch of his events, but I got to tell you this last weekend, I was at one of his events. Okay. And, you know, and it's interesting, right? We always talk about how entrepreneurs are problem solvers, right? So right. here's uh, Tony Robbins, right? He, he gets uh, 10,000 people into the Staples Center and he spends four days changing their lives, right? And that's his, that's his brand, right? And he loves it. It's passion. You can get it, right? And COVID-19 shuts it down worldwide. He can't do anything. So being an entrepreneur, and I think he's got like 74 businesses or something. So what he does is he builds this studio. I mean, it's got (laughs) like 30 foot ceilings and he puts 1500 monitors in the front of them and 1500 in the back. He designs it just to do a Zoom session. Well, 1500 so does, is, is a lot. It, really? It yeah. was 1500? <laughs> yeah, 1500 in the front, 1500 in the back, right? Oh, it's wow. this huge studio. And then he's got all these cameras. And so he basically does the event on a Zoom. He knows the guy that, uh, you know, is running Zoom. Yeah, basically, of they he does. Set, sets it up <laughs> so that he has, instead of 10,000 people, he has 40,000 people from around the world, right? 180 countries or something like that. And he does this Zoom session for four days. I'm telling you, 60 hours of Zoom sessions. I mean, wow. it was crazy, right? So I start thinking about this. The guy's brilliant. So <laughs> here's the deal, right? So he takes a problem where he can't do what he's doing normally, and he builds a studio. And instead of having 10,000 people, he gets 40,000 people paying about the same amount. He's quadrupled wow. his revenue. Right. And he's yep. also reduced his expenses because he's not renting out Staples Center. Right. Yeah. So quadruples his revenue, reduces his expenses. Now, here's even better. So now he gets 40,000 people on this thing. Now he has the ability to sell them the next program. So he has four times as many people to sell his next program to. It's, it's brilliant. Right. Entrepreneurs figure out uh, how to solve problems and not only to solve a problem, but he, he quadrupled his business, I suspect. It, it's yeah. absolutely amazing. So I'm pretty pumped up. It was a great experience. So I encourage anybody to do uh, an Anthony Robbins event. Uh, the virtual session was uh, it was really good. So, yeah, that's uh, we've seen that with a lot of the franchise brands we work with too. It's like when the going gets tough, the tough get going, right? And they really yeah. you know figure it out and ultimately will make them stronger long term. Yeah, he used the example in this um, in the seminar, right, where he talks about how business owners, they solve stuff, right? So we talked about two restaurants that are a mile apart from each other, right? And when COVID-19, one restaurant, you know, basically they freaked out, they just shut their doors, closed down, that kind of stuff. Another restaurant says, hey, listen, we got to figure this out. So they went and basically redid all their uh, seating. They basically set it up so that they went and got a bunch of stuff and they created a pavilion thing where people could sit outside and do takeout. And literally, one shut down the other one starts thriving literally a line down the street to do you know takeout you know so we we solve problems that's what you gotta do yeah absolutely so today what i thought we would do is talk a little bit about franchise resales and more so this idea of investing in franchising right we we want to talk about resales not necessarily about buying them but this idea and we talk about it in the book hire yourself right that when we invest in a franchise we want to have the end in mind, right? We want to yep. have our exit strategy from a standpoint. So I thought we'd talk about that a little bit today. Sound good? 
Definitely. I, you know, as really, um, when I bought my first franchise, I was 29 years old, right? So I was kind of the young buck. Um, I was at the corporate headquarters for training for comfort keepers. You know, I bought a senior care and it was so interesting because like literally the first, within the first 30 minutes in the training, the founder was kind of starting with this, you know, begin with the end in mind concept. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm like at the starting line, I was just, you know, wanting to figure out how to, you know, do the most basic things, but he was like, you know, start with the end in mind. And so that was immensely helpful because I just remember, you know, back, back to that. And it kind of puts everything into perspective of why you're doing, doing it. I like that one concept too. It's like, um, don't start your day before you finish it. And with that concept, it's like, you know, you, you know what you're going to get, try to accomplish for that day or that week or that month or that year before you even start it. Yeah, and I don't think when we start talking about a, a exit in mind or or planning your exit in advance, it doesn't mean that hey, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna own it for ten years in one day. I don't think it's quite that defined, but but it's right. understanding kind of where you're gonna take this to, and then what what is your exit strategy. So as franchises, I mean, there's there's many opportunities, right? You you're building this business, you're part of a franchise system. So when you sold your franchise, how how did you do that? How did yeah, you sell your franchise? And that's the cool thing too. I think, you know, a lot of times people are like, you know, when you are starting a franchise, you're kind of like, can be like, oh, this is what I'm doing for the rest of my life. But I actually were, you know, a franchise, there's lots of opportunities for resales. So when I bought my franchise, I built it up actually for fairly quickly because um, I'm a go-getter. <laughs> and um, the process was pretty easy. I actually just hired a local business broker because, you know, I didn't know really any, it was my first, first rodeo with, um, yeah. you know, re, with a resale. So I hired a business broker and then he kind of helped me with, you know, you get all the papers and the financials and, you know, the, the, um, kind of the presentation book. Right. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting as we went through that process, you know, we kind of, what's important to people are that are, uh, looking to buy a franchise resale is basically, you know, what kind of what kind of systems, processes, operations manuals, um, people like your your team. It was kind of it was eye opening to work with a business broker as we were kind of going through that process. In resales of franchises are more attractive to people, right? Because as you sell your franchise, you're handing it over to the new person, right? You're, you've got that transition, but that the person that's buying the business also has all the support and the training from the franchise. Totally. So, so I mean, <laughs> to me, there's a lot more appeal to that because you're, you're not going it alone as you, as you take over that business. Yeah. I think usually when you buy a business, like, you know, there's always kind of like that one blank that you fill in and it's like, um, how much t training or support is the seller offering? And usually it's like two weeks, sometimes it's 30 days. But what's nice is with a franchise um, resale that you actually, <laughs> you can put that, you know, the seller's going to help you for two weeks or 30 days, but the franchise, it's basically unlimited and it's forever, right? So it's like you go to training and, you know, you have all the resources of the uh, regional developer, the parent company, the uh, other owners, you know, throughout the U.S., yeah. Now you, you obviously used a broker, right? But we see a lot of resales where I'll call it kind of a hand raiser, right? So mm -hmm. I own my franchise. I've been doing it for 10 years. I decide I want to get out of Illinois. 
<laughs> I want to yeah. get out of the, the high taxes and, and certainly the cold weather. And I'm going to move to Florida. I'm thinking about retiring. I can go back to the franchisor and say, hey, listen, I, I'm, if anybody's interested in this area, I might be interested in selling. We, we see some of that, that out there. I mean, that's pretty common in terms of people selling their franchises. Is that right? Yeah, I think that that's um, an important function of the franchisor is the ability to help them help the system basically sell the uh, franchise resales in the system. I think uh, if I remember at one point, like maybe one to 2% of franchise system is either, you know, for sale or maybe they're thinking about selling or retiring or what have you. I kind of think of it like uh, Toyota and their used car market, right? Where because they have a strong used car market, they've done a good job with the residual values and all that, then it makes their new car sales really strong too. So I think it's an important function for the uh, um, franchisor. Or should we use the Ford? Should we use the Ford example? No, okay, you're killing me here. You're killing me. <laughs> I like my Fords, absolutely. So, all right. So, so resales, uh, you know, they can go to a broker. They can go uh, back to the franchisor and hand raiser. But, but you know, when we start talking about resales, it's really hard to find a good one, isn't it? I mean, it's 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 tough uh, to find yeah. a good one. Yeah, I would say it's like a needle in a haystack um, because. You know, well, you and I did that one podcast. Um, what was that guy's? Oh, I'm trying to. What was his name? The um, he had the Molly made, but he like you know I think he's in his 70s and he just loves what he's doing and you know it's kind of like a semi absentee business for him, right? So yeah, the good resales are you know pretty hard to find to be honest. Yeah, no, I think so. That's right. And you know when we when we sell our franchise or or we're looking to buy a franchise, the franchisors uh, have rules, right? They say, hey, listen, yeah. if if somebody if you're going to sell your franchise to uh, this person, one, we have to approve them, right? So one, they have to approve them, and then generally, yeah, I think you have to pay a transfer fee. Is that right? So you have to pay a yeah. transfer fee to transfer the rights from you to the to the new new person. So um, certainly, there's a little bit to it. Yeah. I always think like, I think it's always smart if you're looking at a franchise resale is actually to talk to the parent company pretty early on, because, you know, it's a, it goes back to the same thing as when you're looking to invest in a franchise It's basically, you know, is it a good fit um, at you as the buyer, you know, are, would you be doing things that you enjoy or, or play to your strengths, right? All those type of things. And, you know, you want to learn about the culture of the franchise and all that. It's um, I don't, I don't really encourage guys to make, the, you know, these decisions just based on a spreadsheet. I think there's so much more that goes in, into, you know, joining a franchise system or a network of franchise owners. Certainly it's a partnership, right? It's a yes. long-term partnership and it's, it's beyond numbers uh, from that yeah. standpoint. So I, for that standpoint, it, it makes sense. W when we talk about a franchise, um, you know, we, we look at it and it's a resale. Um, a lot of times people say, I, I just want to walk into that immediate cash flow, right? But they're going to pay a multiple for that. Yeah. So one of the things that I like to talk to people about is, can you beat the clock, right? So if you yes. buy that franchise and you're going to pay a multiple of three, can you buy the rights to a territory that you like? So it's it's your backyard, you get the geographic area and you go out there and you, you work really hard and you're a go-getter like you and you can beat the clock, build it faster than if you were to buy it at an existing level. Yeah. I think it's kind of that six of one half dozen of another, right? It's like, there's always just the different trade-offs. You can pay a little bit of a premium, um, get something up and running, but there might be some things you need to fix or it might not be your ideal location or, or ge geography or territory. 
um, you know, starting from scratch, you get that perfect uh, territory, build your own team. Um, but you, you know, you're going to have to ramp, ramp up probably over a three year period. Yeah. Well, or faster, it just depends, right? You try to beat the yeah. clock. So as you, as you look at it, I know you've, uh, you've bought and sold businesses from that standpoint and from, uh, evaluating franchises in terms of resales, any thoughts you give people, I know one, you said, Hey, it's not about spreadsheets. What else would advice if you're looking at a resale, would you give people? I think, um, to me, the biggest variable is whether or not you're you have to really understand what the existing franchise owner is doing day to day and see if you're basically as a as a buyer if you're if you're buying a glorified job or if you're actually buying a business because if you're just buying a job you know we can we only have so much so many hours in a day so if the existing owner is working 40 50 60 hours and he's doing you know he's doing xyz when you know whatever the business is then you need to be prepared to do that and you're kind of you know buying yourself a job but if it's more of a business um, i think that's much more valuable to be honest because i mean i know i'd pay a lot more if i could you know replace my income and work you know 10 or 15 hours a week versus replace my income and work 60 or 60 hours a week. Let me know when you find that one that's 10 or 15 hours. I might go okay. in and on it with you. <laughs> no, that's but yeah, for kind sure. of that semi-absentee. And then I think a lot of times people are looking for a franchise resale specifically, they're looking like a new buyer is looking like, how can I improve and make this better? Um, so do I have contacts uh, or experience? And usually like you know, almost all businesses driven by sales and marketing, right? So does the new buy franchise buyer have the ability to do sales and marketing? If if the existing business is mostly B2C, can the new owner come in and, and develop, you know, B2B as an example, right? And grow grow revenue or diversify it. Um, yeah. So there's lots, there's still lots of opportunities. Franchising is always evolving. I feel like, you know, a lot of times the new, new, new guys will do really well because they be more open to new ideas. Yeah. Franchises evolve over time, right? And it changes. Totally. So, so one thing is you kind of come in, can I take it to the next level, right? Can I yes. take the business to the next level? I think another one that I think about a little bit is the team, the, yes. the people that, you know, as you buy the business, uh, it's really important that you, you know, you understand what you're buying in terms of people and, and they could all leave the day you invest in the business, right? Unless you set up yep. some things, anchors to keep them. But do you see that too? I, yeah, totally. I think when people are buying a franchise resale, they're trying to hedge against risk, right? So with retail, I think it makes, you know, a good amount of sense because then you have like a proven location, right? Where you have like the foot traffic and all that. When it comes to a service business, I think it's, I think, you know, I don't think the location is as important, right? Because you're typically going to the customers at that point, you know, you're just doing more sales, sales and marketing. I think it's, you know, six of one, half dozen of another, to be honest. Yes, and I think sometimes with resales, you're you're um, that you you might be buying somebody else's problem, right? <laughs> you know, and, and when I That's look at businesses, yeah. yeah, right. You know, it, whether it's, um, it's something, and I think of something simple like they they're not doing well and they want to get the heck out of that lease, right? Right. They, they want to get their name off that lease, and so they sell the business so that you now <laughs> you you own that problem of that that lease. Do you see that? Right. A lot. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, a lot of times, you know, if you've been in the industry for a long time, you might know things that are coming down the pipe one or two years in the future. So, you, you know, you're, there might be a reason why you're, you're trying to exit. 
so that's I think you have to do a lot of homework and due diligence and turn over the racks and and make sure that you know you're trying to ma- manage your risk as far as future landmines. Yeah. So resales, there's some good stuff with it and there's some not so good stuff, right? And mm-hmm. as we always talk about this idea of knowing where we want to go uh, in the future, as you think about franchises, I mean, there seems like there's so much more opportunity with new, new concepts, new territories where you can get exactly where you want. And in this really hard to find resales. I mean, so when we look at a scale, I think it, it's skewed a little bit more towards looking towards that new territory, that new franchise concept, because there's just more opportunity opposed to buying something existing and something existing can be a little bit sexy, but when you weigh it out, I think it, it tips more towards, you know, looking at something new. Yeah, I was just thinking about this with uh, a different project I'm working on, but there's this concept of deal fatigue. So a lot of times when you're trying to buy a franchise resale, um, you need to have a really motivated seller. And regardless of franchise or just a regular business, it's like you need to have a very motivated seller, you need to have a very motivated buyer. And a lot of things have to kind of align. I've worked with so many people that started with me, you know, to look at a resale um, and buy a business and they, you know, get to the finish line and then the seller kind of craps out on them. And they're just like, uh, I've changed my mind. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. It's like, how, you know, it's like that is, I, I have guys literally that's, that's happened to two or three times. So I think they, you can kind of get that deal fatigue. And then finally it's like, you know, actually starting my own thing in my own backyard could be genius because then I don't have to mess around, you know, with all these other, you know, million variables to try to get a deal across the finish line. Right. Yeah. I mean, when I was looking for businesses, I spent a lot of time looking for resales and you try to find those resales that, you know, are driving kind of to replace that corporate level income. And, you know, I I look and it was very hard to find because most of them are sold before you ever get to them. Right. Yeah. They're like a pocket listing. Yeah. Right. right. It is. Absolutely. Right. (laughs) So they're really hard to find. And then the ones that are still there, there's, there's some, something in the closet, right. And you got to find the, well, we'll use the term turd. Right. And, and so, Uh, I ultimately kind of started with this idea. I wanted to get a resale that could immediately replace my corporate level income. And ultimately I invested in a new territory with a franchise, yeah. right? Because it just, to your point, it was just, I thought there was more opportunity when it was all set. I think it's, it's good to be open-minded. I think it's good sometimes to take a parallel path um, so that you can check the box, but you know, it's again, I think it's kind of six of one half dozen of another. It depends on, um, I think a lot of times it depends on somebody's confidence in themselves and their ability to perform. I mean, if you have been successful in corporate and basically everything you've ever done, I'm pretty confident, you know, if you pick the right franchise, you'd be successful at that too, right? Yeah. Well, you bring your leadership skills, your business acumen, mm-hmm. you leverage a good proven franchise system and, and you go make it happen, right? And exactly. like you, you're a go-getter, you get it done and yeah. you solve problems and you build the business. So. All right. Well, uh, well, again, as you look to invest in a business, you got to kind of know what your exit strategy is. It's really important. And there's there's opportunities uh, when you put it that way. Well, I got to get back to uh, working on my stuff for my Anthony Robbins uh, training. <laughs> so uh, I, we, we got to finish up here because I, I, I'm excited about. Uh, Are you going to get some more uh, monitors so you can do more Zooms? yeah my wife doesn't like the idea of building a zoom studio in our house so i I don't know if i can uh, do that but uh it's absolutely it's a it's a a business expense 
Yeah. <laughs> well, if, you know, you think about 40,000 people on a Zoom and they had the capability of taking and putting people in like breakout rooms, four people to yeah. a breakout room. Oh my gosh. Can, can you think about the technology associated with doing that without without any kind of hitches? I mean, it, it was yeah. it was an amazing experience. So, all right, my friend, uh, spring all is right. here. Go enjoy it. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. All right. See you, Pete. Thanks for listening to the Hire Yourself podcast. For more resources, check out our website at hireyourself.com. And remember to subscribe to this podcast to receive each episode. Please leave us a rating and we'd love to hear your feedback or suggestions for topics.